Hello, listeners. This is your host and game player, Kat. This week, we've got some really exciting shit to get to. We're starting previews for Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse with an introduction to Aaron's character, Euphrema Naylor. This is also the debut of our theme song for the next campaign, My Mommy Dom Spit in My Mouth and Now I'm a Commie by Over My Dead Name. I'll include it in the credits and liner notes as well, but you can find this and Allison's other work at overmydeadname.bandcamp.com. In non-show news, I was on the Party of One podcast this week playing my very own game, Call It in the Ring. You can find that episode on your favorite podcatcher. I had a delightful time with Jeff, and I hope you enjoy the match that we were able to put together. Speaking of Call It in the Ring, the fully laid out version is now available for purchase on my Itch page. I'll have a link in the liner notes for that as well so you can check it out. If we hit the $500 sales goal, I'll write a media scrum expansion that will be added to the game for free. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can check out our other podcast, Unsound Theories. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or your kismesis. You could also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave us a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message and you get a shout out on the show. You can also support us by visiting patreon.com slash so says media. Before we get to the show, just one quick note. We said Beekman Town a bunch in this episode, and that is a real town in New York. And we decided that we actually didn't want to use a real town in New York. So we are making up Beekmansville, which happens to be right next door to Beekman Town, just across I-87, but still just a little north of Plattsburgh. So everything still works. It's just a fictional town, so we're not using someone's real home. With all that said, let's get to work on saving the world.
hello everyone, and welcome to this week's very special world-building episode. I'm joined this week by Erin, and Erin alone. Say hello, Erin. Hello, Erin. And this week, we are going to be doing a little bit of pre-disaster lesbians world-building, which means... Um, and by world building, I mostly mean character backstory building. To do so, we are going to be playing the delightful game Session Zero by Megan Cross. If you have not played Session Zero, it is a game about characters. It's the story of the life your character lived before the story we will be telling with them. It's who they are, who helped them, what's benefited them, and what's caused them harm. It's a way to give life to the character so that you have a little bit more certainty about who they are before you go into playing them on the show. Uh, now, Erin, you have, I am given to understand, and by given to understand, I mean I did this with you, uh, you have some information already set up about your character by filling out the character sheet, correct? Uh, yep. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your little Blorbo. My little Blorbo. I will yeah, your playing... Blorbo from your shows. <laughs> the shows being the ones I'm on. <laughs> yeah. That's usually how it works, right? So yeah. Definitely. I will be playing Euphrema Naylor, who is using the Searcher playbook and originally coming from Beekman Town, New York. Any relation to Beekman's world? I think we decided that was what we were doing. <laughs> but only because the article that inspired the name and place we couldn't find either ever again. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, well, okay, so um, what do we know about Euphrema so far? So far, we know that she has had a cryptid encounter in her past mm -hmm. that kind of inspired her to take off into the larger world and, like, just keep looking for weird stuff. Do you want me that to makes go into the cryptid encounter? Uh <laughs> I think that would be kind of fun to see if it comes up during the character creation backstory stuff that we'll be doing today with Session Zero, or if it doesn't, wait for people to find out on the show. Yep. Okay, so Session Zero is a very simple game when it comes down to it. You start with a standard deck of playing cards with jokers removed. You separate the suits, shuffle them, and place them face down in four piles. You'll draw a hand of five cards with at least one from each pile. Hearts are the suit of happiness, clubs are the suit of bonds, spades are the suit of sadness, and diamonds are the suit of character. Though the minimum hand is five cards, you are welcome to draw a larger hand, and we'll be playing until we've got a reasonable episode. Runtime is really all that it comes down to, actually, for this kind of a thing. Um, so, one by one, flip over the cards and answer the prompts, then create the story of your adventurer. So, let's get started uh, with our first pile here. Okay. I'm going to be drawing a spade. This is the eight of spades. Um, your country was not a stranger to war. How long ago was the war, or is it still being waged? How closely did the battles come to your hometown? How did it affect your life? So I think we have to adjust this a little bit. Yes. Um... So here's how I was thinking of framing this. Okay. The war took place on the gridiron. <laughs> no, we're not doing... Aaron, do you not want to explore the epic highs and lows of high school football? No. I want to fuck cryptids. 
<laughs> That's what we're doing on this show, right? Yeah, so this is before, which means the epic highs and lows of high school football. Possible, oh, or field hockey? Was was you from a field hockey player? I mean, that would probably be closer. And I, I do like the uh, Ginger Snaps reference that gets in there. Because sports is the question. That's, that's a good question. Don't see her as being particularly into sports. So I'm trying to think of a situation where she would have to be. Um, like I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be sports either. Okay. The whole prompt is your country was not a stranger to war. You know, like how long ago was the war or is it still being waged how closely did the battles come to your hometown and how did it affect your life this could be that beekmansville beekman is that what we decided beekman town beekman town new york yep it could be that beekman town was involved in the war of 1812 <laughs> which is probably the last reasonable war for a town like beekman town new york to have been involved in which would work because I know a little bit of the War of 1812 because it's the only historical thing around this area. Mm. <laughs> what, you mean that fort that you live near was built to fight the Americans? I mean, it was originally built to deter the Americans. Then they started shooting cannonballs at it. Well, you shouldn't build such a cannonable fort if you don't want it to get cannoned. So funny thing is, it really wasn't, but they would superheat cannonballs and shoot them directly at the ammo dump. <laughs> Sounds like a typical American war crime. Yep. Oh. Okay, so are we set on this being the War of 1812? Okay, if we want to go back that far, sure. Or it still be, it's still not being waged. Obviously. Only the hearts of idiots <laughs> and reenactors. <laughs> okay, so then how closely did its battles come to your hometown? Oh, so I would think like a small town, because was this again? This was like upstate New York, I think. Yes, like fairly, yeah. fairly near to um, Lake Champlain, which means it's actually not unreasonable mm -hmm. that it would have been relevant in the War of eighteen twelve. So yeah, uh, if nothing else, the area would have been worried about British forces. So. They probably would have been ready and mobilized, I would think. Ah, here we go. During the War of 1812, British and American forces faced each other in the Battle of Lake Champlain, also known as the Battle of Plattsburgh, which is so very, very close to Beekman Town. Yes. Okay. There was fought yep. just prior, and the American victory denied the British any leverage to demand exclusive control over the Great Lakes or territorial gains against the New England states. So, doing that, would it be a point of pride for the area, maybe? I think so. Yeah, I think, like, there's a bit of local pride to having effectively won concessions in a losing war in that yeah. sort of a way. You know, it's one of the very few battles that the very young U.S. won during that war. That and, like, the Battle of New Orleans... Which happened after the war was over. Uh, so yeah. So the war is long over, but it's a point of local pride. Like, there's probably a festival every year, I would think, around this time. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That that there's, like, a... I, I think, like, 
one of the things that gets taught as part of like the history curriculum is um the importance of Beekman Town in the Battle of Lake Champlain. Mm-hmm. Also, it's Lake Champlain, so you have a cryptic connection there with Champ. Everyone's favorite lake monster. That's a lie. It's Nessie is everyone's favorite lake monster, and it's, we, we all honestly, know that. Yeah. Are you happy with that answer about I am Supremo? surprisingly happy with that answer, actually. Okay. Six of Clubs. A former love is still part of your life. How long ago were you in love? What did you love most about them? How did it end between the two of you? I would think maybe like high school sweetheart kind of thing. It was like first semi-serious relationship for both of them. Okay. Um. So what is their name? Insert McName. Insert McName? Yes. Just taking notes here. Do you want help coming up with a name? Yes, it's actually my worst part of any RPG. Uh, here's a here's a question. Gender. Dude. Uh, just a regular dude. Yep. Uh, how do you like? So this one just gave me Charlie Day. We can't use that. <laughs> nope, that will not work at all. <laughs> what about um a guy by the name of Benjamin Marsh? That's not a bad name, actually. Uh, if I might suggest a nickname. Benji. Swampy. <laughs> Honestly, it makes sense for you to pick this. Because, like, you don't get to pick other people's names or their nicknames. So why should I get to decide that? That's fair. Yeah, so um, I think you had a long, semi-serious relationship with Swampy Marsh. Yeah, definitely did, like, all the holidays at mm -hmm. least once. So, and, like, probably an amicable breakup? Yeah, I wanna I, I wanna dig into why you broke up. Here's the thing, like, the first thing that comes to my mind, well, Fremma wanted to transition. Like, is your Fremma trans, or am I just trying to insert that into an already personal insert into this game? <laughs> I mean, like, you... So, what, what you're, you're proposing that you were in a gay relationship... And your partner was not interested in the gender you were transitioning to. Yeah, like, that's the first thing that jumps to my mind. So the first thing that jumped to my mind was, um, actually, like, kind of even funnier than that. Oh, no. Simultaneously realizing that both of you were gay. I do like how we both went to the place of Benjamin is definitely gay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I like that a lot. It It is, it, it's humorous. So like, you went from being in a relationship to being like extremely intimate best friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's like, I, I love that, tr maybe it's not a trope, but I love the like feeling that that carries of we don't work as a romantic pair or sexual pair because of, and honestly, I, I like how we were both going to the same point, just going mm -hmm. different directions about it. And like that way, it's it, it 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 allows for your breakup to be one where neither of you is hurt, mm -hmm. where both of you have this feeling of like, hey, we're still best friends and we still matter to each other a lot. We still love each other. We're just not romantically involved anymore. 
We just don't do anything for each other. Right. And like, you know, you still have the depth of the relationship that you yes. can rely on. And this, you know, uh, Ben can become a person who comes up in the show and in your life a few times as well. well and I think that's a really neat a little, little more then. We'll flesh him out a little bit more. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay, next up, the Jack of Diamonds. Everybody has their reasons. Why did you take up the life of an adventurer? Was it a hard decision? What did you leave behind when you left? So, taking up the life of an adventurer? Find weird shit. Mm -hmm. that's, that's been like the day one for you, Frema, since I started writing her. Was She's out there looking for weird shit. Was she's it just a hard fascinated by the unbelievable, as it yep. were. Don't so I think that's pretty much there and asked and answered. Yeah. Was it a hard decision? Uh, I don't think so. What, though, this is what I'm interested in digging into. What did you leave behind? Uh, family, friends, stability. So I guess then the question is, like, your family was cool with you being gay and everything? Want to flip a coin? That's honestly what it feels like sometimes, so why not just flip a coin? Because I don't have a coin, so I'll roll a die and we'll do hi, they're accepting, hello, they're not. Hi. Okay. Man, your friend is getting off easy here. Well, we haven't gotten that deep into the questions yet, have we? Oh, I know. So yeah, if your family's accepting, leave behind all that to, to go out and drive beat up old car across the country looking for weird shit like so i have two yeah. sort of follow-up questions um please the first you've listed all of the things you are sad to have left behind what are you glad to have left behind uh high school football <laughs> the epic highs and lows of high school football um small town life i think vibe that i think i get from euphrema mm-hmm that she's someone who enjoyed living in a small town. Yeah, like, a little bit simpler. Um, Like, the town life is a little bit simpler. You're not looking for a truck stop to sleep in every night and wondering what odd job you can pick up. So she's glad to be behind small town, to have small town life behind her? Or, like, is she glad to have... She She's got wanderlust, is what I'm... Gather. Yeah, like, d definitely Wanderlust, maybe, like, a little bit of uh, nostalgia once in a while for what's back in Beekman Town. Mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> does she have, like, a can't-go-home attitude about it, or, like, does she visit regularly? Definitely for Christmas, try for Easter. Okay. And then the follow-up question that I have for all of this is, where did she go first? Okay, if you're going from Lake Champlain, you want to go find weird stuff, West Virginia. <laughs> go, go, go to Point Pleasant, West Virginia as your first stop, and that's where you just kind of run from. Let's see how Google maps this out. Yeah, so it suggests two routes to get to Point Pleasant. One north, one south? One down the uh, New York State Thruway, and one along the Great Lakes. Okay. Which of those feels more appropriate? Around the Great Lakes. I think the uh, the views she would want to see would definitely influence that. Missing out on the whole Hudson Valley, though. 
Yeah, but the Great Lakes, they're great. I always hit up the Hudson Valley on the way back. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I will admit, the drive from Beekman Town to Point Pleasant would take about 12 hours, um, and you are bypassing the entirety of the much closer and also equally weird New Jersey. Okay, There's nobody a- goes to New Jersey as their first stop. There's a whole magazine about it. But Mothman. <laughs> but the Jersey Devil. Uh, I think Mothman's a little more famous. So I it's... disagree. Does Mothman have a video game on the PlayStation 2? Jersey Devil video game. Yes. It's called Jersey Devil, and it was on the PlayStation 2. Is this a weird cartoon platformer? Uh, I'm sorry, it was on the PlayStation 1, and yes, it was a cartoon platformer. Oh, okay, the that makes of, sense like, Bubsy now. and Gex. Okay. That sounds familiar now. It is. Jersey Devil is a platform game set in a 3D world with gameplay dominated by collecting icons and defeating enemies. Yeah, it's a, it's a collect-a-thon cartoon platformer. The next card is the King of Hearts. Everyone remembers their first kiss. Who is it with? When did it happen? And what were the circumstances around it? Now, we've already established information about your first relationship, right? But I would like to figure out the first kiss you enjoyed. Not necessarily your first kiss, but the first one you enjoyed. Okay, okay. We're going to skip past, like, grade school spin the bottle kind of stuff. And truth or dare. Mm-hmm. So, probably, after breaking up with Benjamin. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be an event that led to. I'm, I'm just trying to build a timeline in my head now. It's so like, that happening... Somewhere in high school, mm-hmm. then like the leaving part. Pretty sure the leaving was like after graduation and stuff. Yeah. Okay, first kiss we were working on. Mm-hmm. I think like maybe like the first year of college kind of thing. Okay. Uh, where did she go to college then? Oh, she now I got to figure that out. <laughs> SUNY Plattsburgh. Is there a college there? There is a college in Plattsburgh. It is State University of New York, SUNY, Plattsburgh. Sure. And I know that because my college roommate went there before he transferred the TCNJ. Oh, good. So you can tell me all about it then so I can actually play this properly. <laughs> uh, it's fucking cold. And the best thing nearby is a McDonald's at a drive at a, at a fucking uh, pull off for the throughway. <laughs> nice. There's a Walmart and a Chick-fil-A. Ew. And a War of 1812 museum. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) But yeah, no. So SUNY Plattsburgh is probably the place that makes a lot of sense for you to go. Yeah, it's it's close close enough to home where it's like, don't have to travel or live in the dorm, likely. Yeah, and like, you also get um, you get in-state tuition. It's a nine-minute drive. Okay, yeah, that's closer than my college. Yeah, so you get like you get the in-state tuition, so it's less expensive and everything like that. You're not mm-hmm. far from home. It makes sense. Okay, so do you want me to come up with a name for this first person you kissed? Sure. Okay, I assume a girl. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the easiest way to go about this. <laughs> okay, so I have a couple. Um, you from a kissed a couple? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> There's 
Iris Clark with an E at the end of Clark. Okay. Uh, Kira Peterson or Alexis Webster. Well, I know Akira and an Alexis, so let's go with Iris. I'm going to think this is like, maybe like an orientation party kind of thing. Oh, God. <laughs> First week on campus. Uh-huh. <laughs> orientation parties were so awful. Weren't they, though? Who snuck the alcohol into the orientation party that led to this encounter? Uh, one of the frats. Yeah, oh. all of that Greek life at SUNY Plattsburgh. I know. <laughs> Listen, I'm throwing out uh, tropes here. Just go with it. Please don't go with it. It'll be horrible. <laughs> no, so I, I, I think like uh, part of orient freshman orientation is that it's usually run by like a sophomore who is someone who wants to help the freshmen get acclimated mm -hmm. to the school that they love, right? Like, yeah, that's a thing that happens. So I like to imagine that it was one of the sophomores who was responsible for the freshman's behavior who was like, hey, what if we took this fresh-pressed apple cider from my parents' apple farm and mixed it with Fireball? And you get an apple pie, and it's honestly one of the best drinks you'll ever have. Oh, it, it, there's, there's no doubt that's the only use for Fireball. Oh, yeah. Unless you're having something that will taste good with cinnamon, it's not worth it. Like, just buy cheap whiskey at that point like yep. but 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 also don't and don't buy fireball unless you're making something particularly that requires fireball yep. i don't understand people who do shots of fireball because it is lower abv than a shot is supposed to be it just hurts it just not in the alcohol like, way I, I i would rather take some vodka and soak atomic fireballs in it Anyway, um, <laughs> so I like the idea that, like, you and Iris were getting together at this, like, at, you had, like, kind of split off, um, how, I guess you, you lived off campus, so this wouldn't have been a dorm situation. Yeah. How far away was Iris from? Out of state, at least. I don't think international. Okay, because I did get her name from a Canadian name generator. I mean, we're right next to Vermont. It's kind of the same thing. Okay, so out of state, you're thinking possibly uh, Vermont. Um, or, honestly, possibly just, like, straight up from, like, the, like, Rochester area. That's not unreasonable either, right? Like, yeah. the other side of New York, basically. It might as well be a different state. <laughs> Having driven across New York before, it might as well be. New York, the Finger Lakes are an interesting place. You can get lost in the Finger Lakes. People disappear there. Just <laughs> like in the Pine Barrens. No, people just die of boredom in the Pine Barrens. Fair enough. <laughs> no offense I don't to any know. of I've never been there. listeners. When we filmed that video with the Jersey Devil, we just said we were in the Pine Barrens. <laughs> Yeah, we were actually, um, this is this is our secret, but we were actually near Asbury Park. Because there's things to do in Asbury Park. It was gay. It was, and we went to the um, occult museum, or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, but we missed the tour, unfortunately. Fortunately, I didn't have to get scared of ghosts. Fortunate for me. Sure, unfortunate for you. Okay, so yes, Iris has traveled, is living in the dorms. That whole situation. 
Okay, I, I think that that kind of gives us um, a bit. Is Iris still in the picture? I don't think so. Was it more than just a hookup? Uh, you know, like it was more than one night, one drunken night, yes. But I I don't think um, Euphrema stayed in college. I think it was like a one year, this isn't for me, and out kind of thing. I gotcha. So you just had divergent paths and things never really... Mm-hmm went further than that yeah okay i like that um so pick a b c or d c nine of diamonds what is your greatest weakness has it always been that way what do you do to compensate for this weakness what are we framing as a i don't have a frame in mind for this so i think you can you know we're not I, I, it doesn't need to be a job interview type weakness, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your worst weakness of a person? Well, I'm worth so much more than I get paid. <laughs> um, honestly, I think, like, the person that comes to my mind, I think, is, like, that wanderlust we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Where if, if something is mentioned as just being interesting to her, mm-hmm. then Euphrema will... Be more than willing to get up and go for it, despite whatever else. So, like, ADHD. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Her if... hyperfocus involves travel a lot, which is not a good thing for personal relationships. <laughs> no, so I, so what we're saying is her greatest, her greatest weakness is not like specifically ADHD because I don't want to like, no. but rather, I, I think that she's a little bit flighty. Yes, that's a very good way of putting it. And her interest is very rarely held for long enough to stay in one place for a long enough time to build meaningful relationships. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you do to compensate for this? Can I suggest that a method of compensation is um, she's heavily practiced in like rote memorization techniques so that she only has to see something once to have it memorized. A little bit of photographic memory. But like a developed photograph. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she spent some time in the dark room with her photographic memory. <laughs> okay, okay. It's not just negatives. So like, she's quick to pick up and go from anywhere, but she can always find her way back. Good sense of direction is a very, like, the, a developed sense of direction, I think, is something that I could see as being worthwhile to put to page yeah okay uh same question a b c or d Uh, let's do an a four of spades a natural disaster took something from you what type of disaster was it what was lost to you and is it likely to happen again is it likely to happen again well with climate change all natural disasters are likely to happen hey sunday i don't think we're looking that far into the story so a natural disaster took something from you Mm mm-hmm Okay, okay. Want to say that in one of her travels, like a flash flood had hit wherever she was staying. Mm-hmm. Like camping in the woods, watching for stuff. Flood comes in, and I think it took like a large chunk of one of her kits. Not 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 a chunk of the kits. Notebook. Oh, that's yeah. a devastating loss. Yes. What was in that notebook that you lost? Basically, 
every note since starting to to travel and go look for weird shit. So like even now, sometime later, trying to rebuild it, a lot of it is still whatever was memorized at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in losing that notebook, in effect, you like one of your personal quests is to rebuild that base of knowledge, but yeah. it's difficult to do because going to the same place twice is so boring. And there might be people there I owe money. <laughs> Perfect. I like that. Um, is that likely to happen again? Is that likely to happen again? No. The physical notebook is now backed up through pictures online. <laughs> okay, so you have scanned your notes and put them into the cloud. Yes. So unless that goes down. Um, I have bad news. When you roll when you roll a failure on investigate a mystery, uh your your cloud server gets infected with ransomware. God damn it, not again. You need to pay $500 in Bitcoin or we will delete everything. Uh. Okay. Um, same question again. A, B, C, or D? Let's do a D. Please don't uh, isolate that clip. Let's do a D, D, D. Not all failures are ruinous. What failure did you learn something from? How did failing make you stronger? Do you remember with fondness or embarrassment? This is the floor of hearts. Uh, losing the notebook. <laughs> I don't think we should go back to, uh... Uh, you, you, certainly, you can, and then we can just draw another card. Honestly, it, it might make sense for that to be the notebook still. Yeah. That is a pre-deciding factor in her, um, method now. Right, and, like, particularly, I, I think, like, adopting certain technologies was predicated on losing that notebook. Yeah. So you acknowledge the failure, you live in the failure, you let the failure make you stronger. Yep. It's also kind of embarrassing, but whatever. Okay. We've done A, C, and D. Do you want a B? Yep. There's a B. Eight of clubs. Early in your travels, a barkeeper offered important information. Why did you need their assistance? What information did they provide with you, and did it come at a cost? Okay, you know what I'm going to say first here? I'm going to make you say it. Oh. Uh, so earlier, Charles, <laughs> you found I met a nice bartender called Jackie Daytona. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. From Tucson, Arizona? Yep. <laughs> so in Pennsylvania, you met a bartender named Jackie Daytona. I don't think we should go with Jackie Daytona. I'm pretty sure uh, well, that's copyright infringement. One, I don't care. And two, it's too late. You've already got my heart set on you having met Laszlo Cravensworth as Jackie Daytona. Okay, so this is now canon part of uh, the What We Do in the Shadows universe, which is maybe okay by me because I love swearwolves. I mean, uh, we would be lying if we said What We Do in the Shadows wasn't an inspiration, right? Oh, of course not. So, okay, I actually do have an answer here. So we can go with Jackie Daytona from Tucson, Arizona. 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 <laughs> Why did you need their assistance? Um, I don't think it was like a specific need. It was just like you're in the bar and the bartender's talking to you. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of comes up. What information did they provide to you? I think this encounter would be why Frema makes sure to go home regularly. Oh. Christmas and sometimes Easter. 
because being flighty, she can forget about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so being reminded, like, go do this or you're going to regret it kind of thing. Right. It's important to spend time with your family and everything like that. As long yeah. as your family loves you, you shouldn't abandon them. Yep. And then he inexplicably started sobbing about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it came um, at the cost of another beer, though. I like that. A, B, C, or D. Are you reshuffling what they mean? Yes. Let's go for a B this time. Two of diamonds. Even the bravest of adventurers have fears. What is your greatest fear? What caused you to fear it? And how do you cope when faced with it? Say, that feeling of being backed into, like, not having a route to get out or something. Feeling, uh, so, in effect, claustrophobia. A little bit, but like... But not, like, small spaces. More of an emotional claustrophobia. Like, being emotionally claustrophobic in a way where, like, the, the idea of being stuck somewhere. Yeah. Like the I idea can't of being pick forced up and go from here to settle down. That's exactly what I was thinking of. How do you cope when faced with it? Um, cry and scream. I don't know that she has had to cope with it yet. She's done a very good job of avoiding like relationships and stuff like that that might ask her to settle down. Yeah. A lot of one-night stands and half-paid loans and taking advantage that it's a big country. Mm-hmm. Lots of places to go. So, really just living that low-to-no-commitment, ethical slut kind of a life. Yeah. Pretty okay, much. Okay, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is that everyone in this show is a little bit Dean Winchester. Everyone's a little bit Dean. Everyone's a little bit, uh, I can't remember names. That's okay, you've remembered the important one. That's a lie. <laughs> the most important character in Supernatural is Castiel. Everyone's a lot of Castiel. Cause it's uh, gay. What, because we're autistic? No, all the characters are gay. <laughs> all right. We don't know that about Erica's character yet. Okay, that's fair, I guess. We also don't have a ton about Emma's character yet. But yeah, no, my character, uh, is... A gay angel, so... Um, it's, it's a lot of Castiel. <laughs> yeah, but, like, in, in a different way. Um, very, very... Like, particularly, there's a lot of distinctiveness in um, her relationship with the Heavenly Host, because uh, they constantly misgender her. Is she at least not being sent to super hell for it? Um, there's definitely not going to be a literal conversion therapy sequence in one of the segments for this character. Okay, good. I appreciate that, actually. Because <laughs> um, that was something else. Supernatural certainly did a lot of things in its 15 years. They had a lot of seasons to touch a lot of subjects. Um, including... Multiple times paralleling Castiel with famous love interests of biblical figures. Like, in that season where Timmy Robinson was playing uh, Cain, and how they had Cain and Cain's wife 
in parallel to Dean and Castiel when Dean got the mark of Cain. Or mm-hmm. um, the ghost facers specifically and there's it's it's a it's a lot and i don't know i don't i don't know how they pretended for as long as they did that it wasn't a love story they're still pretending that it wasn't yeah no that that's just disingenuous at this point yeah no they're 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 like keeping up the charade for the sake of the charade mhm anyway um shall we do one more card at least a, B, C, or D? We just, we just did a B. Mm-hmm. So, you mean A. Five of clubs. A friendly shopkeeper once helped you prepare for an adventurer's life. Who were they? Where did you encounter them? What about your interaction has stayed with you? <laughs> I, I need to get the joke one out first so I can make room here. Uh, yeah, so it was a random guy at Best Buy who said there was a sale going on on cameras. <laughs> I think it was like camping gear. And proper clothing choices. Stuff that won't wear out in a season. I was thinking like a roadside tourist trap. Okay. Someone who at one of these places, like maybe somewhere related to like a mystery, like the mystery spot or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a ton of mystery spots. There's one in Santa Cruz. There's one in Michigan. You know, maybe the the mystery spot in Michigan or something like that. And it was like the shopkeeper there kind of um, gave you a little bit of advice on what, you know, basically not just the specifics of like what you picked up while there, but the life of someone who chooses to believe in those things that others don't. Okay. Like, kind of, it, it, the thing that you, it, the, the shopkeeper didn't necessarily give you equipment, but rather the understanding and wherewithal to live the life that you planned on living. Because maybe they had been a, you know, a traveling paranormal investigator type person before. And that that life, obviously, being as lonely as it is they wanted to make sure that you who were at this point probably still bright-eyed bushy-tailed young adventurer but yeah this would probably like her maybe third stop on this beginning of the trip like leaving beekman's town going to west virginia and then like up to michigan so it's very very green Mm mm-hmm and then realizing, oh, I probably could have just driven through Canada to get here and this would have been easier. <laughs> that was only part of the advice. Um, okay, I do like that because it does actually go into one of the moves I have. Mm-hmm. The fellow believer one where people will talk to this character more easily about strange things they've seen. So talking to roadside attraction owner and like getting that how i'm interpreting what you're saying is like it's kind of like how to actually be authentic in your enjoyment of weird shit yeah a little and bit the, like, not, not like downplaying it or um explaining it away but just letting it actually have a role yes and like you know very much not a 
Grunkle Stan type, right? Yes. You know, Grunkle Stan's in it for the money. Yeah. But this person was in it because it's something that they loved doing. And they wanted that love to be... And, you know, they basically... Their mission sort of was to allow you to put together informed consent, right? And say, this is the life that I want, knowing everything that goes into it. I like that. I like that, too. Okay. A, B, C, or D. You've done A and B. Um, go have a D. There's no way to say that without... I would like to choose a card from pile number D. (laughs) Number five, and you can veto this. Um, death steals from all of us. What family member death? What family member did death take from you? When did it happen? What were the circumstances surrounding their death? If this is atonal to what we're discussing here, I think we can skip it. I think it is. Yeah, I think it might be something to take into consideration during play, though. Mm-hmm. Like if something were to come up, it might be something to go back to then. I don't think it's relevant enough for right now, though. Yeah. So then, inaction is not without its consequences. What didn't you do that needed to be done? Why couldn't you act when you needed to? What were the consequences of your inaction? What's the number? King of Spades. This feels like it goes back to the one about coping. Two of diamonds. Coping with being faced with fear. Mm-hmm. I think this might be, like, the lowest point of Euphrema's flightiness so far. Like, maybe... Mm-hmm a bad influence into why she still does would have happened. Like, I, I don't want to go out there's like, someone got killed. Like, it's a little bit atonal like we just talked about. Yeah. I mean, there will be death in this show. That's unquestionable. Yeah. But, but we haven't worked that into, like, this conversation. So it's like, it'd be kind of It hasn't to... been, right. Like, being faced with death, I think, is a step beyond her pre-heroism days, right? Yes. This could be before leaving. This could be... I mean, like, this could be something as simple as missing someone's wedding or something like that. Like, if Euphrema has a sibling, being on the road and missing some important life milestone. Yeah. So, choosing to to travel and be out there, like, she's definitely missing family events and, like, niece and nephew milestones, like... Mm -hmm graduations and soccer games and whatnot Mm -hmm. all all the small town life stuff we want to bring it back uh, first first time competing in the tractor pull Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um first time 4-h event or whatever uh being on a float in one of the local parades Mm -hmm. so like it's not so much like an instance as it seems to be like an ongoing number of yeah which we want to go back again to the barkeeper one telling her she needs to go back home every once in a while could have been maybe like the startup to that conversation. Right. Having to make amends with her family for how much she's missed. Yeah. And then like every year it's again going back and getting like all the news caught up again because she just isn't around. Mm -hmm. I think that's neat. I think that's heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it's, but it's a choice that she made, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is what she needs for her life to matter to her. Yeah. And as painful as these sacrifices are, 
she continually chooses to make them because the option of not doing so is unfathomable to her. Yeah, it's, it's she can't see her life in a different way. And I think that really puts a very neat cap on the character discussion we've had tonight. I'm about to cry, I think. <laughs> Which is exactly why we should end it here. Yep. We're going to get deeper if we keep going, and that will not be good. <laughs> this worked out really delightfully. I hope you had a good time, Aaron. I did. That was so informative. I plan on doing uh, throughout the rest of the run of the same coin. We'll probably do some of these for each of the characters, spaced out relatively efficiently so that we can kind of get to know who our heroes will be before we see who they are in play so and who they become exactly so uh with all that said Aaron, did you have anything that you wanted to finish with any little details that didn't get brought up that you want to share uh we don't we mentioned the crypto at the beginning of it but that didn't come up so they're gonna have to listen and find out what that is Ugh. okay fine <laughs> I'm the worst kind of GM and that's why I don't do it. Um so thank you to Megan Cross for this delightful game. If you would like to play Session 0 for yourself, you can do so by going to meganlynftw.itch.io and that will be spelled out and linked appropriately in the show notes so you don't have to figure out how to spell Megan. Aaron, thank you for joining me for this. Taco, thank you for mostly keeping quiet. Until next time, I'm going to need to come up with a new catchphrase for this new show. Because Stay Wizard doesn't really work. Stay weird. That's already taken. Keep Austin wait. Nope. <laughs> um, it was me, Austin. Nope, that's already taken. Until next time, don't get into a backstage fight with the people who write your checks. I'm reading wrestling news. Um... Till next Until time, ne- wait, I, that's another one, but I've got a better one. Um, Till next time, keep an eye out for anything weird. Bye. Chicks with Dice is a production of So Says Media. To support the work we do, visit patreon.com slash so says media. The game featured in this show is Session Zero by Megan Cross. Visit meganlynftw.itch.io to find Megan's other games. Remember, the best way to help the show is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods and to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is the number one way a podcast gains new listeners. The theme song for Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse is My Mommy Dom Spit in My Mouth and Now I'm a Commie by Over My Dead Name. Visit linktr.ee slash omdm that's O-M-D-M, not O-M-D-N, for Allison's other work. Till next time, keep an eye out for anything weird. <laughs>